Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we continue learning Perkei Avot's Ethics of the Fathers and we're learning Mishnah 7 of chapter 4 where it says, Rabbi Tzadok says, do not separate yourself from the community when serving as a judge, do not act as a lawyer and do not make the Torah crown for self-glorification nor a spade with which to dig, so too Hillel used to say, he who exploits the crown of Torah for personal benefit shall fade away. From this you derive that whoever seeks personal benefit from the words of the Torah remove his life from this world. So, so here, when it says do not separate yourself from the community, really, it's very, it is what it is. Like a Jew is supposed to live within a community. A Jew should never live alone in a foreign place where there's no other Jews, where he has no community, where he has no shul, where he has no schools, where he has no, no support of a Jewish community because a Jew is not meant to be alone. A, a Jew is part of a, of a people. We're part of a whole system. A Jew is not, a, in a certain way, in an individual. We're in an individual in the way that we perform our mitzvot and that we, each one of us has a purpose to fulfill in this world. But in reality, we're all part of the one. We're part of Hashem. So we're not supposed to be wanderers that go around living in weird places, alone in Nigeria or somewhere alone. Jewish people should really be part of a community, live within a structure, because this is how we flourish. When a Jew doesn't live with his community, he eventually will end up not being Jewish anymore, not living a Jewish life, not having Jewish kids, and we will completely lost to the Jewish people. So the strength of a Jew is not in the strongest Jew. The strength of the Jew is in, in, in we're as strong as the weakest Jew. So we're like a chain, and the weakest link is going to determine how strong that chain is. So we, the Jewish people, are as strong as our weakest chain. So when a Jew is not living within a community, he weakens the community, he weakens the Jewish people because we're part of a whole, we're part of one, we're one for all and all for one, we cannot live separate, we need to be together and this is how, how it's supposed to be. So also it says that, um, that nor a spade with which to dig when it's talking about self-glorification of the Torah and the statement has elicited various explanations because it implies that one may not earn one's livelihood by means of one's Torah knowledge. Yet Torah teachers and rabbis are paid a salary. Like if you go to a Jewish school, you have all these rabbis teaching. Obviously, they're going to earn a living. They need to eat, right? So how can they earn a salary if it's telling us, the Mishnah is telling us that we cannot uh, make a living out of Torah knowledge? So as must be for teaching Torah or rendering Allahic uh, decisions. In the face of Rabbi Tzadok's statement, how is this permissible? So it says here that a rabbi, he dedicates his soul, whole life to being a rabbi. So he's not gonna have time to go and make a living. Like if a rabbi is giving Allahic uh, decisions all day and he has people coming to him all day with situations, with, with problems, and he has to take care of the synagogue, and he has to prepare the, the shiur for Shabbat, and he has to prepare the shiur for the week, and he has to write the, the newsletter, and he has to do all these things. 
obviously he's not gonna have extra time to go and, and go on business and, and earn a living. So this is why it is allowed to pay a rabbi a salary because if you don't pay him a salary, you're, the poor rabbi is not gonna be able to eat. So you're not paying him for his Torah knowledge, you're paying him for the time that he spends in taking care of the synagogue, the time he spends taking care of people. So this is how you, you, you were able to pay him a salary. Or for example, Torah teachers in a school, they're not paid for their knowledge, they're paid for taking care of children for 45 minutes or three hours a day. This is how they're able to, to earn a salary. salary. So it says here uh, that the translating the Hebrew word of spade is kardom, and it's an error. The error is because it's used to relate to the verb to dig. Nowhere in scripture does kardom mean spade. Like in, in scripture, kardom doesn't mean spade. When here it's being translated as a spade. The word kardom appears in scripture five times. One time with a, in Samuel, another time in Psalms, in Judges, and in Jeremiah. In all these cases, it is clear from the context that kardom is an axe. It's not a, a spade. And uh, with this insight, Rabbi Sadok's statement takes on a new light and immediately does away with the bothersome question that an axe is not an instrument for digging. Obviously, you cannot dig with an axe. And to dig with an axe is an it's inappropriate. If one has the proper competence to be a teacher of Torah or a rabbi, he is indeed appropriate for the job and therefore may use Torah to earn a livelihood. So what it's telling us here is that if, if he is an appropriate person to teach, he can learn a earn a livelihood by teaching. He is putting Torah to proper use, applying it to teaching to conducting religious rituals or to rendering halakhic decisions. If a person lacks the necessary competence, yet tries to use Torah to earn a living, even though he's not qualified for the position, then he's digging with an ax. So what it's telling us Rabbi, Rabbi Sadok here is saying that if a person is not qualified, then obviously for sure he could not charge for rendering his Torah knowledge because it's like digging with an ax. And, uh, and then it says, from this you derive that whoever seeks personal benefit from the words of the Torah removes his life from the world. And Rabbi, Rabbi of Zlonim raises some questions with this on the standard translation. And he says, first of all, this is essentially an exact repetition of what Hillel said and is therefore superfluous. Secondly, since it is a restatement of Hillel's teaching, it is hardly a derivation. Finally, the expression removes his life from the world is rather strange. Elsewhere in this volume, the thought that one may forfeit his life by improper behavior, it bears guilt for the soul. So what it's saying is that it's a very strong statement that it's telling us that uh, that whoever seeks personal benefit from the words of Torah removes his life from the world. It's very, very strong. And Rabbi Slomlim, He's suggesting a different interpretation. What he says, inasmuch as Hillel said that one who violates the crown of Torah by improperly exploiting it, it is punished by a loss of life, it stands to reason that the converse is also true. So he turns it around and the approach is that if one appreciates Torah, he will gain life. 
So hence it can be derived that it once enjoys Torah, he will get a great deal out of life. What it's saying is that it, to put it in the positive, that if a person enjoys Torah, loves Torah, loves learning, he will gain life. But a person that, uh, that takes personal gratification from Torah, uh, he's gonna lose life because he doesn't do it because he enjoys it. He do it because uh, he wants to feel like a big shot. So this is hardly an exploitation of Torah, but rather an appreciation that studying Torah is the only worthwhile pleasure in the world. And since all other pleasures are transitory at best, like any other pleasure you have in the world is really, it's not eternal, it's just a, a second. This interpretation fits well within the wording of the Mishnah and does away with all the difficulties of the standard translation. So the, what it's telling us here is that the standard translation of the Mishnah is not what it really means. What it really means is that if a person takes benefit from the Torah, if a person loves learning Torah, and a person really enjoys it, then he's gonna, he's gonna uh, gain life, he's gonna have a full life. So I leave you here, I wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.